be there in like 45 minutes. I'm not going to have to hear you complain about the legroom for another seven and a half hours when we change in DC, am I? Well, at least the flight back is a Windsor Airlines flight. There was a little bit more legroom on the way over here from London. Dude, you fidgeted the entire flight over. Well, excuse me for being tall. <laughs> this is about the award, isn't it? They could have just emailed us to tell us that we weren't out for any serious award. Like, why waste all the money to fly us out, put us up in a expensive Hollywood hotel, then just make a bunch of jokes at our expense and send us packing? Because podcast to most likely destroy Nakatomi Plaza could only really have been won by us. We didn't destroy Nakatomi. Those terrorists did, and... We didn't destroy new Nakatomi Plaza either. Those were the... Whoa, oh, shh. We don't talk about the event from episode 100. Anyway, I just found the whole experience humiliating. I mean, we'll never get the respect we deserve. I know, man, but at least the people who do like us, like us. Yeah, I guess. Pure cinema podcast. Easy to get best film podcast when Quentin Tarantino owns your cinema... It comes on to talk about feet for four hours every couple of months. <laughs> Stop being so jealous, man. A bad look at Christmas. Christmas. Well, it's time I take matters in my own hands. Um, I'll start by giving myself an early Christmas gift. I, you know, when that flight attendant opened the curtain to first class a minute ago, I saw a couple of empty seats. I'm just going to go snag one. Dude, didn't the woman say that they were overbooked? That's what they want you to believe. No, no, you didn't explain anything. All you did was shove me back here into this cattle car. Sir, we were told when you boarded that we were overbooked. Fine, Don, I accept that. John. But, but, I, but can't I just John. sit in the empty seat? I mean, I don't need a mill or special treatment. I, John. I just want the extra leg room. I'm six John. foot six inches tall, for God's sake. Don't, don't you have a heart? It's John. Christmas. What, Phil? What? John, why don't you try asking her if she knows who you are? I wouldn't ask that. She might be a fan of the show. Dude, shut up. Um, don't you know who I am? Yes, we've all seen your program. Your episode, Flying Junkyards, was a very objective look at air traffic safety. It wasn't nearly as edifying as bimbos of the sky, was it, Connie? Uh, You think you're funny. You you think you're funny. I I apologize for those episodes of Tall Talk. I mean, they were meant as satire. It's not my fault people don't have a sense of humor anymore. Fine. Well, I've got your number. And I've got yours. So park it, sir. Fine. <laughs> oh, would you shut up? God, when are we going to be there? Uh, the flight navigation thingy that 40 minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the captain speaking. I've just been informed by Dulles Traffic Control that there's a weather front moving in ahead of us. We may be up here a little while longer. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, man. <sighs> Want to watch a movie? Uh, sure, I guess. What do they have on there? Let's see. Oh, they have Goodfellas. 
Goodfellas on a 12-inch screen, just as Scorsese intended. They have Fox 9. Seen it. Twice. That's enough. <laughs> oh, look! Ghostbusters Afterlife! Fuck off, dude. <laughs> How about a Die Hard 2? Die Harder. Yeah. the hell? I'm not going anywhere. Two hours later. Uh, man, that movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wait, are we still in the air? That was a two-hour movie. Why are we still flying? Check that navigation thing. Uh, it said we're still 40 minutes away. Must be circling DC because of the weather. Fuck, man, we're gonna miss our connecting flight. I just want to get home to London to see my wife, my beautiful little cat. I know, man. We must be running on fumes. Well, what should we do to kill time? Oh, did you pack the microphones from the podcast award, or did you put them in your carry-on? Are you crazy? I wouldn't let those assholes check them in. Wow, you really have a disdain for the aviation industry. Why are you asking about the mics? Well, we just watched Die Hard 2, and we don't have an episode this week. Seeing that they didn't last record at the awards again. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we were going to do Gone 60 Seconds in front of a live crowd, but hey. Uh, isn't it usually me who recommends recording at awkward times? Well, as far as I can tell, this is just some bad weather. We aren't hurtling through space towards the sun. No terrorists have taken over a skyscraper. The rapture isn't happening. It's just a delayed plane. Completely normal. Shockingly normal. (laughs) I suppose. I mean, you just want to record right here in our seats? Yeah. I mean, it seems quiet enough. Most people seem to be asleep now. Well, what's the worst that can happen? Christ, we are flying <laughs> high, boy. We're, we're in the Mile out. High Club. Yeah. Nope, Whoa, no, 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 Oh, man. Well, fuck. Bill. Yeah, we made it. Merry Christmas. Merry fucking Christmas. (laughs) That's exactly where I want it to be. Yeah. (laughs) Flying through the sky. We went to Nakatomi Podcast Awards. We joked about that at the end of last week's episode. And hey, guys, uh, it was a fucking waste of time. Welcome to the Pod Charles Cinecast. Presented by the Prince Charles Cinema and the Breadcrumbs Collective. This is your host, 
and I'll be your captain on this journey to Chance Foster. And we are currently cruising for the thousand feet above Washington, D.C. And I am here with my co-pilot boy, Phil. How's it going, Phil? If my pilot sounded like that, I'd get off the plane. Yeah, you should. I'd I be mean, like, this dude really drunk there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not the, even drinking. The drunk, I yeah, drink the, the dude drunk as fuck right now. Yeah, I'm not drunk. Uh, <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> Just to remind you. Yeah. And it's a shame, man. We're right here. They'll give you free drinks. I don't know, actually, though, because we're traveling across the states. If we were going long haul across the fucking sea, like our next flight, if we make yeah, it. Yeah, that's the good one. Uh, that, that's the one where they'll definitely be giving you free booze. But across the state, I mean, they're, they're, they're just going to bring out the card reader. Yeah. And I ain't fucking paying for this shit. Not doing that shit. It's yeah. like a fucking EasyJet flight. Get yeah. the fuck out of here, man. They didn't even have kosher meal. What the fuck? <laughs> Nakatomi's bills stopped like as soon as we got on this plane. They played for this ticket and our ticket to get back from DC to London, and that's it. That's it. Their new yeah. building looked nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really don't know what happened that last time we were out here. I, I have a very. My memory gets fuzzy. Yeah, it's really fucking fuzzy. It was like, you know, during lockdown, it was weird. Yeah. Just I mean, like, thing. the first time, yeah, there was some terrorists, you know? There were, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, but I, we helped. We helped. I hit some dude with the microphone. <laughs> exactly, and he yeah. was the one causing all the trouble. It's fine. I'm, yeah. The guy who looked like a, like a young Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, I think his name was Bruno. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he looked like the guy from Hot and Hawk, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly who it was. Yeah, dude from Pulp Fiction. And, uh, yeah, I was like, dude, where the fuck is Danny Aiello at, man? He's <laughs> fucking getting a cappuccino. <laughs> oh, you mother... Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah, I hated no, that movie. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> that second time we went out over fucking summer, man. Like, I <laughs> don't even know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice trip, man. Yeah, this no fighting, was fine. No fighting this time. No fighting. No, like, yeah, nothing, man. It was chill. It was chill. Yeah. I don't. I'm not too happy in this airplane seat. I'm fighting with some stewardess and stuff, but I'm, uh, I'm being nice. I'm being nice, guys. You know. I know, man. Look, I'm short, and this leg room is a fucking yeah. joke. Yeah. I don't know how you're doing it. Yeah. Well, you know, here we are. Good afternoon, everyone. Right now, we're bringing you some in-flight entertainment. One of our first-class passengers would like to sing you a song inspired by one of our coach passengers. And oh, since for fuck's sake! Do pretty much whatever they want. We just hit record, and this is already happening, Phil. What the fuck? Wow, this sounds embarrassing. I'd hate to be whoever he's singing this to. Well, I can't record with all this racket. Uh, let's see if there's somewhere quieter on the plane. Maybe we can just sneak back into first class. Alright. Ah, alright, that's better. Much quieter in here. Although, I'm pretty sure that guy that sounded like Billy Idol said that the uh, guy who was singing was in first class, so I'm not really sure how we can't hear it while we're in here now, but hey, I don't know. Maybe it's a plot hole. Oh, watch out for the plot hole. Excuse me, ma'am. Do you mind if we record our podcast here? Uh, we'll try not to be too loud. Isn't technology wonderful? 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, not everyone thinks so. Well, I do. I used to carry around those awful mace things. Now. I zap them faster than screws with me. I tried it on my little dog. Poor thing limped for a week. <laughs> 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 Uh, 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 yeah, maybe we should find somewhere else to sit. Enough is enough! I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane! Whoa, dude, are there snakes on this plane? No way, man. That guy's just probably drunk on all the free booze they give you up here in first class. I mean, see, that's where all the free booze is coming from. Mm. Let's try recording in the toilet. That'd be funny. We were talking about Mile High Club. <laughs> like, <laughs> no one's ever done that before. Mmm... Dude, you were just complaining about not having enough room in the seat. How are you going to fit in one of those damn toilets with me and record? The same way me, you, and Caroline recorded the Kevin Smith episode in the Kevin Smith cubicle. Yeah, but we didn't actually record that episode in there. We just said we did. I mean, whatever, whatever. Let's try it out. Took a picture. <laughs> <laughs> it was just for the picture. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, sorry, man. Uh, didn't know anyone was in here. You didn't have the door locked, so the engage light wasn't on. I'm posting up. I figure a plane full of bras, there's gonna be a lot of horny women. So I'm like a spider waiting back here, catch some flies. Um, okay. I mean, there aren't really that many women on this fight. I mean, anyway, we're just trying to find a place to do our podcast about Die Hard 2. You know, you know that one where basically it's the same movie as the first movie, but set in the airport. But with way less interesting villains and, you know, greatly reduced roles of all the people in the first movie. They may as well not even had Al Powell in that film. <laughs> well, in every reboot, you gotta have somebody from the original to make a cameo. Hey, I heard there's a man back here. Oh, nope, this is you. Wanna rumble? No, I don't. But I do want to be Dennis, so just pop it in. Okay, I'm just gonna leave you two to that. Was that the penguin? Clue. Let's, let's let's try this other toilet. Now that the special oh. army commandos have arrived at the airport, the likelihood of a full-scale and deadly battle is dangerously close. <sighs> Looks like someone else is already recording a podcast in there. Now what? Hmm. We can try the prisoner class section of the plane. There should be guards in there that are keeping those guys in line, so it's bound to be quiet. The prisoner class section. Is this just a cheap way to do a con air bit? Nah, man, every plane's got a prison class section. How else do you think they transport prisoners? Okay, so there is a prisoner class section. Probably was a bad idea. Never go to the prisoner class section. <sighs> I even know what to say. I just saw a man on fire. Is this plane even safe? Dude, the cargo hold. Wait, what? We're on a wide-body DC-10. A what? Okay, now according to movies like Executive Decision and Passenger 57, there's a secret hatch on every plane that allows us to walk freely through the aircraft. Duh, everybody knows that. 
We just got to find the right time to make our move to get down there. I think we're probably good any time. These flight attendants gave up hours ago. See, this is more like it. Nothing here but a bunch of bags. Have to give it to you. You certainly know your way around an airplane. Alright, let's set up over here. Someone's coming. Hide. Nice. All right, here we go. Speed it up a little bit, huh? Okay. Ooh. Right. Yeah. You really know your way around. Well, if I've learned anything from films like Executive Decision or Passenger 57, there's always a way into the cargo hold. You're weird. See, I told you. You have no idea. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nothing with my lips. I don't want to do that with you. Mind if I take a pill? Yeah, sure, take a pill. Are they gonna bone? I think so. Alright, that's happening. A few moments later. Oh god, alright, dude. It's over. Oh my god. I've seen way too much in the last few minutes on this flight. I think we can finally get back to recording at least. Ooh, sorry guys about that. Uh, oh man, we just had a massive interruption here. <laughs> well, yeah, that took a long time. Oh uh, man. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, we are trapped here on an airplane with nothing to do. Phil and I have just watched the second most ultimate Christmas movie of all time, and when life hands you lemons, just say fuck the lemons and bail. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> 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 what film are we talking about this week in celebration of uh, Christmas week on the podcast? It's Die Hard 2. Die Harder. Die the hardest. We're gonna, <laughs> dude, we're about to die so hard right now. Yeah. It's Wait. a die hard life. <laughs> <laughs> for us. <laughs> on this plane. For us. God damn it. I mean, at least we're on the plane. Or Yeah. No, I don't want to be on. I don't. I don't want to be on the plane. Not in that movie. Not Not in any. Dude, actually, not in any movie with a plane. Yeah, that's true. Why would there be a scene on a plane if something good happened? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It covers 1,000 acres in our nation's capital. Excuse me. Which way is the bus to DC? It handles flights from 84 different countries. It takes 10,000 employees to run it. It has its own police force to protect it. Each holiday season, 11,000 planes take off. This is Dulles Control Tower. Go ahead. And 11,000 planes land. I've got 230 people flying on petrol fuel. But tonight, on Christmas Eve... The tracking system's down. Oh, God, no. We need to land now. It will all come... Switch systems ILS landing system is down! Someone shut us down! To a complete They've stop. They've taken over the airport! And one man is the only chance anyone's got. How can the same thing happen to the same guy twice? Die Hard 2. Die Harder. 
On Christmas Eve, two years after his heroics at Nakatomi Plaza. Wait, what? What? There's a Nakatomi <laughs> Plaza in that film? John McClane, played by Bruce Willis, now a lieutenant in the LAPD, is at Washington Dulles International Airport waiting for his wife, Holly, played by Bonnie Badia, again, plane to arrive. That same night, corrupt South American military leader General Ramon Esperanza, played by Franco Nero, is heading to Dulles under extradition for using U.S. funds to buy drugs. McLean is forced to take action when treasonous ex-Colonel William Stewart, played by William Sadler, a.k.a. Death Dude. Death, no. And oh my god, I can't believe that's him. And yeah. <laughs> his group of it's like the same year. It's yeah, crazy. yeah, it's insane. So yeah, William Stewart and his group of ex-military sympathizers cut the power to the runway, lighting, and seize control of the airport's air traffic communications, threatening to crash every inbound flight unless Esperanza is freed. With no runway lights available, all aircraft have to remain in the air. With fuel running low, McLean will need to be fast. Too bad for the terrorists. They had only known that Holly McLean was on a flight home to the very airport that they were hijacking. They would have picked another day. It's the 1990 action thriller sequel, this time directed by Rennie Harlan and written by Stephen E. D'Souza and Doug Richardson. Hot takes out the gate. Die hard too. Die harder, Phil. Well, firstly, two things. Are you insinuating that John McClane wouldn't have done anything if his wife wasn't on the plane? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was he was just, just some, like fucking let him crash. Yeah, I don't give yeah. shit. I think it was some extra, you know, incentive. Yeah, sure. You know, um, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start controversial. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm. <laughs> I hate I, this movie. <laughs> I, I hate it. No. You know, people were oh, die hard. The Christmas film, blah. Let's fucking move on. I don't think Die Hard Two is a Christmas film. I think it's more Christmassy. <laughs> there's so much Christmas I, going on. There is no Christmas going on. No, no. There's no theme of Christmas really. It's snowing, and then there's one reference to Christmas at the end. Oh, but there's all the packages. The airport's all decorated for Christmas. It looks more Christmassy. It, lo- it looks more Christmassy, yeah. and it's snowing. Yeah. Fine, I'll give you that. But, but thematically, content-wise, it feels not colder. Christ- it's cold. Yeah, it's cold in spirit. Yeah, not just in weather. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like DC. Someone was. I mean, the plot's very familiar. Someone's just trying to, you know, cash in. Yeah, more money. More money. I'm, I'm <laughs> fucking. I'm. I'm not gonna disparage anyone for trying to make some money. Yeah. Mr. Support my movie. Yeah, but <laughs> give me money. To make my movie. Uh, yeah, give me money. <laughs> that was what Phil was doing the whole time we were in LA. He's like, hey, I'm making a movie. And <laughs> I got like, like a day left on my, yeah. on my GoFundMe. You want know, to fund me? <laughs> yeah, you want to fund me? No, one, I was just shouting on the street corner. Just one guy gave me a dollar to shut up. <laughs> It's Tommy Wiseau. The Tommy Wiseau. And I was like, don't you recognize me? I've, you know, we've worked together for years. And he was just like, I'll know you. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, London. Yeah, it's a beautiful city. Okay, next yeah. question. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. When Tommy was on the podcast for like three seconds, yeah, he wouldn't yeah. talk to me at all, wow. and he was just like, "I was like, all right, well, you come to London a lot. What's your favorite thing?" He's like, "Ah, oh, it's a beautiful city." Yeah, oh, the architecture beautiful. Yeah, architecture beautiful. <laughs> it's it's like okay, up. but what's your oh. favorite? All right, turn me apart it's right beautiful. now. <laughs> Interview over. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no more questions. No more questions. Tommy need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> fucking die or two. Yeah, die or two. We just watched this shit on a plane on the on the biggest screen possible. <laughs> Honestly, it's one of the few movies I say is probably better. On, I mean, movies in general are, are better on a plane. I would argue that because just you know they just get you easier you, yeah. even if could they on a small screen but you're like that far away from you that few inches it. and you're stuck there you can't <laughs> walk off the plane you have nothing to do yeah. man you can't even Die look hard. at your phone because your shit's not working unless if you're a rich asshole that pays for the wi-fi <laughs> on a plane uh don't be that dick yeah <laughs> don't be that guy just you're tune gonna, out watch yeah man watch seatback entertainment it's great it's very few instances in life where you, you're not connected yeah. just enjoy it you're in the <laughs> sky just, just don't be on the internet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Die Hard 2. We should just not talk about Die Hard 2. I mean, we I should, don't have much like notes. Crow Man this shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, neither do I, man. Dude, it's the same fucking movie. And it I is. feel like, dude, I just watched it. And I was like, it's not it's not the way I remember. I feel like I defended this movie for a long time. Yeah. Because like I watched, like when I first, I saw Die Hard 1. And then I watched, I remember getting like the box net. And I watched the other one like back to back. And I was like. You know, Die Hard 2, it's still fun, you know, it still feels like Die Hard, I get it, it doesn't bring much new to the table, it's definitely just a rehash, but you know, up until this point, I'd be like, yeah, man, it's still good, it's still mm. worth watching, Yeah. but after this watch, I was just like, fuck, this movie is dull, and I don't know <laughs> what the fuck is happening, yeah. and I don't care, Yeah. I don't bother trying, and I just like, this movie, like, really jumped the shark in terms of John McClane as a character like he's still funny and Bruce Willis still plays him well but he just it feels like he's not it's the Superman version of him now it's yeah. like he's never in danger he's on the wing of a fucking plane and like it's just redoing shit from them all, it's hitting all the same beats and it's making fun of itself as it's doing it but it's still fucking doing it and like like you said it's sort of like replacing characters from the old movie like but they have like Al Powell's in it for like one scene, but then you have a sort of an equivalent character. Like, why couldn't you just you forced John McClane here? Yeah, and we know all about it. Could he explained it all to the cup at the beginning of the movie? What a great way to do it! It's like, come on, man. I'm in. I'm on LAPD. I used to be in New York, but my wife got a job. And it's like, in case you haven't seen the first movie, and you need to like a quick recap and what's happened in the last two years. He yeah. gave it all to the like. Fucking- why is this at Dulles? Just have it set in LA. Like she's coming yeah. back home from visiting her mother, and she's flying into LA, and then you can have Al Powell there. Like, yeah, and then just no fucking tension between yeah. him and his wife, and like that's fine. You don't want to do it again, and they do do it again. And the next—that's the thing. The next one done well. Yeah. It like strips him away again and makes him like a piece of shit, who just yeah. gets beaten up the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. But this one, like, there's some really cool sequences. Bruce Willis is good in it. It's got a weak ass villain, which is such a shame because I do love me some William Sadler. But who is he? Like the most interesting thing about him is that he does karate naked. Yeah, what was that all about? <laughs> it's a very first thing you see in the film basically <laughs> yeah and then he whips it out at the end and you're like oh yeah. that paid off 
he's like, what? Yeah. You know, he's doing that. He's doing like X Pac shit. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Make some noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, this one's kind of weak, dude. It's just, it's just the same movie, and it's Absolutely. like, and it should be better. It's got a great fucking setting. An airport, man. I love airports. I hate airplanes. Love airports. Yep. They're a great setting for a movie, like the end of Toy Story Two. You know, it's just like it just sets my imagination on fire. But like they don't really use it much. They make a joke of it. It's like, oh fucking the elevator again, the fucking vent again. How can yeah. the same shit happen to the same guy twice? It's like for fuck's sake, like really? Like- but yeah, like it's look, it's fine, it's fun, but like I've I've struggled this time. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, like I kind of felt the same way. It's like it's not like it's a bad movie. Um it's actually really fun. It's really well made. Like the guy who directed it does a good job of copying John McTin and style. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It looks just like the last one. Yeah, he's like a decent little director. He's done a few little things that were like pretty cool, like after the fact. But yeah, yeah I don't know. It's like there's something about it. it's just not right. It's like it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's, it's just it's, missing. I think the because bo- they like pulled the bottom out of it. You know, there's yeah. no weight. Yeah, definitely. Like there's nothing about John McClane that like is interesting if he doesn't have I, I don't know like it's it's that thing like where in the last film he was alone and yeah. like there's people that aren't really you know believing him or like wanting to deal with him or like you know they're like all oh, this fucking vigilante in this building like going like you know let us do our job and th- that adds a little bit more tension but then there's the whole thing obviously with his wife where he's dealing with his wife and I'm okay with him like oh I love my wife and I want to see my wife and like I mean the ending's yeah, yeah. kind of sweet he's just calling out for her like, yeah that's yeah. good that's a good so, ending I mean like he, he you know he loves his wife and it's nice that they're like on good terms in this film I'm fine with that but it's just like there's something kind of missing there like with the heart of it all and that like mm. no one seems to like believe him like at any time and he's getting shit on so much by like almost everybody and he's just around everybody the whole time and it's just like this weird sort of thing where it's just like just him arguing with fat fucking cops yeah he's like the only one that it's stupid it's like oh he's the only smart one in this movie everybody's dumb and then it's just like you're the rest of the film is Die Hard. It's just, we've seen it <laughs> already. Yeah. We've already. And it's still good because Die Hard it. is good. But yeah. like, I have seen it. They're, they try and do stuff with him. Like, I don't really know where they were going with it, but the whole like him being averse to new technology. They just, <laughs> they just sort of said it. Like, and then like having to use it. Yeah. Like, to help with the case, like faxing our pal and shit. And yeah. like the girl teaching him how to do it. But like then, that doesn't pay off. It's not like he has to figure out how to fucking, you know, yeah, open a web browser to fucking win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. End. If anything, he does it in an old school way. Yeah, it he proves just fucking fuck technology. Yeah, it literally Look, a movie all like, this film is technology. built around technology failing, and John McClane's using the old school ways. His fucking literally mind fire and brawn. <laughs> <laughs> And what's left of his hair. And what's left of an <laughs> airplane that's burning in the fucking yeah. field, creating a light for the other planes yeah. to fucking land. But like yeah. that, like that moment, like that's really, like that bothered me. I was like, and I love that catchphrase. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker, right? Yeah. But why does he say it? Yeah. In that moment, <laughs> yeah. tell me why he said it. There's no one around. Yeah. And there's no 
you know, like a uh, trigger for it. There's no like <laughs> setup. It's just him saying it because yeah. people expect him to say it. But like, <laughs> there, it meant something in the first one. And it made me realize like, because that moment in the first one where he like sent it to Hans. And it's when Hans is like. He's fucking calling him Roy Rogers and stuff. Yeah. yeah and he's, he's like, you know, I'll push all the Roy Rogers. And he's like, oh, you think you're Rambo. But in this movie, he becomes Rambo. He is Rambo. As opposed to Roy Rogers. Yeah. And that's the shift. Yeah. That's the change. So it's this weird. movie is bigger. Yeah, he's invincible and it's fucking stupid. Like, and that's always the worst Die Hard movie. Like, there is no reason why John McClane... I said this to Julie. I was like, yeah, he's like... He's a fucking cop, of course. He's well. He's obviously well conditioned, well trained, and you know, being sure. a cop, he's you know, keeps fit. He can fight. Okay, like some people maybe can fight a little bit better than other people. Cool. We saw it in the first movie. He's you yeah. know took down those terrorists. Strangled those terrorists dude. though were broke that dude's neck. Those terrorists though, like who were they? They were just a like, as far as we know, just some fucking hired hands, some criminals who might mm. have a little bit of training, but who knows. They can shoot a gun. Cool. They might be strong. I don't know. They might be mm. able to fight a little bit, but maybe as much as John McClane. This and film. This, one. <laughs> this film. He's fucking facing like Green Beret ex-mercenary yeah. fucking like fucking Real military shit. guys who obviously know how to fight. And mm. he's just kicking everybody's ass. And it's just like, dude, really? Like it's easy. Like he has moments in the first film where he just feels fucking vulnerable, and there's it's moments, a struggle. Yeah, the glass and the feet. Glass he doesn't win every fight. He yeah. runs away. Gets his ass like, kicked. He's smoking exactly. a cigarette. Has to hide. Has to actually plan things. This one, it's like, okay, I I attack the fucking like you know general. He's on the plane, and I kind of like rough him easily. Even though I think the general would probably kick his ass because he's also like this military fucking dude who like it's fucking Django. Django yeah. would kick the shit out of Bruce yeah. Willis. <laughs> exactly. And it's like okay, like okay, he's an older guy. Maybe he doesn't. Okay, I, I can go with you a little bit. He shot him. Cool, whatever. But then sure. he gets locked inside this fucking. I mean, to be honest, this is the scene of the film. But he gets locked inside that fucking uh, cockpit in the cockpit, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and, he, <laughs> and like this motherfucker start throwing grenades at him, and he's just like, all right, oh, eject, yeah. eject seat. Like, oh, that bit is so sick. It's that, that's a jump in the shark moment. Yeah, but I've scene of the one. film really. <laughs> just the, oh. it's like so I'm not stupid. cleaning that up. <laughs> so stupid but like it's just it's, this it's film it's like it's trying so hard to make up for all the personality of the first one yeah with so many more characters and none of them do it yeah yeah and yeah. there's a lot of good people here like william sadler john amos i'm gonna say but they don't even they have like one or two lines files like john like with namo and yeah. robert patrick robert patrick they're john in this Lizama. movie yeah but loads of fucking it's people insane. dickless came back yeah you know like but there's so many people and none of them can really match the power of like just Bruce Willis, fucking Al Powell and fucking Alan Rickman. Yeah. Or Reg- no, Reginald Van Johnson and Alan Rickman. And like what I liked about Alan Rickman's plan in the first one is that it was bullshit. Mm-hmm. It was, these guys are just stealing some money. It's an easy to understand, but this, it's under the guise of politics and under the guise of like philanthropy and all this like fucking, you know, they have an agenda and they have a, a manifesto and they have the, they have a point to prove yeah but that's bollocks they're just trying to rub the fucking joint which is great mm-hmm. a great little twist this is like it's a really overcomplicated drug plan 
and I, thought, <laughs> and I just didn't understand like what happened and who these people were yeah. and why everybody was constantly turning on each other and I also just didn't want to try yeah like it just I have enough information John McClane needs to go there these people in the church they're bad they made that plane crash they've turned the lights off and he has to go kill them yeah. before they fly away yeah yeah I get it and they're shooting blank. This is like a, this is literally like a fucking um, Fast and Furious movie. Like, <laughs> Ari and I used to this watch is those. the blueprint. Yeah, Ari and I would watch those and just be like, what are the bad guys doing? <laughs> it's like, I don't like if know. You poke, if you poke it just to, it's like, a, you know, if you blow a, like a, a bubble gum. Yeah. If you're chewing bubble gum and you blow a bubble, it's like, you know, it only takes the littlest touch to put it out. That's what it feels like. If yeah, you yeah. poke it a little bit, go away. Yeah. It just it, it does not hold up. That you have no idea what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't I mean, matter. There are some goddamn plot holes. You know, finding mistakes in the writing. Watch out for the plot holes. 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 Yeah, dude. I mean, there's some fucking bonkers like sort of things going on in this film like with the in terms of like air traffic control and like all these planes flying in the sky and stuff and it's like like i said i'm i'm not coming from a place like i feel like i'm shitting on this film i kind of am in a way but it's actually fun it's a fun it film. fun it's fun it's fun there's yeah. some fun bits in it but it's like i've seen die hard already yeah i've already it's seen a it. pure mindless yeah. smooth brain as you say yeah action flick just don't think about it. It's a good time. In the future, I don't know if we get invited somewhere again. Maybe we'll start talking about with the vengeance. But I'm I like so down for that because it's different. Because uh, this I is love the same. The this yeah. is the same. Um, one and three, bro. Yeah, one and three are the best. Yeah. But yeah, the, like the plot holes in this film. It's like okay, these guys <laughs> take over the air traffic control system, and yeah. uh, it, it's just sort of like. You told like all these planes to like you know start landing and stuff, and it's it's like okay that's cool whatever you're gonna crash some planes cool like I'm mm. not even I don't even have a problem with that like you they, <laughs> they crash to, they fucking yeah. crash a plane that's, that's big like insane maybe that's also part of a problem because you feel like dude you just killed two hundred people <laughs> yeah and no one lot. seems to care the Nobody people gives in the shit. reporting are like. Like, oh, there's like a problem. Like, it doesn't feel like the truth is out there. It's like it's fucking wiped clean already. The minute an airport, I know this is I'm this is me coming from post 9 11 world in they my would head. Shut that this, shit down. But like, if this happened even pre 9 11, that whole airport would have been shut down. There would have been so many fucking like people coming in, like from the military or, you know, like this federal That's fucking what the guy's saying, government right? would have like, been coming in. It's Christmas Eve. I got fucking lost kids. I got lost dogs. I got lost baggage. You think I'm going to shut down the airport over <laughs> their body? Whatever he's Dude, talking about. Fuck. Get out of my face, McLean. Yeah. Whatever his fucking thing is. Fuck off. Just like, yes, I expect you to do that. Like that, that whole thing would have been shut down. Like, yeah, all right. So fast. Cool. The, the thing I have a real big problem with besides that, like, it's like, where are all the fucking people? Like, okay, yeah, I, <laughs> I know we get this, like, ragtag crew of military guys who come in and throw their dicks around a bit. And then there's, like, the plot twist, like, oh, he's actually, John Amos is with the terrorists. Oh. And you're like, oh, no, not John Amos. That is actually a, a 
fine plot twist. It actually p- plays off really nicely. And Bruce Willis, yeah. again, and they really, like each other. Yeah, yeah, he's the only person that fucking gets. They're using blanks and just like yeah, it's that bit cool. Th- but that's also another bit. It's a bit of a plot hole. As soon as he fucking started that, even though it was blanks, one of those cops would have shot his ass. It's America, man. <laughs> like you don't fucking America. do that. No, um, dude, he's white. Cool. The, the, another thing that I think would have happened was like when they took over the air traffic control systems and actually even before that, but it was before they took over. Cause that was, this has happened first. The lights went out, right? So that's what yeah. caused all the issues. And they were telling all the planes to wait. And he goes, everyone that's outside of our perimeter will go land and, uh, you know, follow their flight plans and land in an adjacent airport. But anyone in our flight path, we just got to keep them hovering and pray to God. And it's like, why? why? Dude, you're in Washington, D.C. You're in Dulles. There's Reagan Internet or Reagan National Airport right down the road from you. There is BWI, Baltimore, Washington International, very close by. Send those planes there. Why do you have planes hovering for like hours on end? If they have enough fuel to hover, yeah, for hours, then they can just fuck off. Yeah. And apparently there are like, uh, you know, people who work in the aviation industry are like, dude, like that's a big plot hole. Like every pilot has like, you know, a, backup, a, flight, right? plan, a flight plan and there are ba- backup places to go. As soon as they are out of contact for 20 minutes, they're working on their next fucking destination. They're not fucking waiting around for like, oh, Dulles, is it OK if I land yet? Is it? Can I land? Oh, the terrorists are still there. Well, I guess I'll fly around until I run out of <laughs> fuel. Good luck. I'm coming in, guys. I'm sorry, but hey, there's no chance. I'm gonna, it's like, okay, come in. Fuck! Like, it's insane. And make, make no, I want to yeah. see one of those videos, like, you know, oh, a real garbage man, you know, reviewed this movie. I want to see that. Like, <laughs> like flight nav, real pilots review yeah. fucking Die Hard 2. And they're just like, the thumbnail is just them, like, what? And yeah. the big red question mark. Yeah, yeah. Attention, Dulles Tower. Attention. They say that blind men become very attentive by way of wait, wait, conversation. Wait. Now that you're both oh, you blind and deaf, I think I've got your yeah, what? attention. Uh, I'm aware something that the recorders through. are I... active. So I was what? quick. You can play me back later to your heart's content. Uh, how, how did you what? get on this feed? We're, we're trying to record a podcast. Who is yeah, this? Yeah, who is this? Who I am is unimportant. What I want... Well, if you don't want those planes to start splashing into the Potomac because they run out of fuel, what I want is very important. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, man, I don't know what you're talking about. We're just we're just on the plane. We don't know what's important about this plane. That will conclude my interest in this aircraft and your responsibility for it. It's weird that he's not answering this. At the same time. I want a 747 cargo conversion, fully fueled, and placed at my disposal. Yeah, you have two uh, I'm a podcaster. I definitely have access to, to that. Outer radio marker. After that, you will be able to receive only. Any attempt to restore your systems will be met by severe penalties. Hey, man, hey, hey. We're just in the sky flying in a plane. Maybe even the one you, you're talking about? We're, we're just recording a podcast. We have nothing to do with this. I am doing this. You know, like, what is that even supposed to mean? I don't know, man. I've I've, I've just stopped questioning all these strange interruptions on this podcast when we go out of town. Every time. Every goddamn time. 
Um, after the success of the original Die Hard in 1988, which uh, pulled in around $140 million, of course, they just Oof. had to make a sequel. It's going to happen. It had to do it. So they rushed to make that sequel, and John McTiernan intended to come back to direct, but he made quite the name for himself in Hollywood after Die Hard and ended up being hired to direct The Hunt for Red October. So he was all busy. Ooh. So in Doing Mc- Die Hard on a submarine. Yeah, basically. <laughs> in McTiernan's absence, super producer Jill Silver... Of course, he's back. Uh, he hired Rennie Harlan, who at this point was best known for directing A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. I don't know. That, that's one of the bad ones. Right? It, it's okay. I mean, three is the... It's like, no Dream Warrior. Dream Warrior is the best. Um, yeah. But I, I think Dream Master has that like, thing where some of the people are from Dream Warriors is in it. like So it kind of like, it's a nice little like pairing, but it's not as good. Yeah. Stephen E. D'Souza, who helped clean up the original Die Hard screenplay, was back to write the screenplay for the sequel alongside Doug Richardson in his first script writing job. Doug Richardson would go on to do films like Bad Boys and Muddy Train, so like had a nice little career in the early right. 90s. Much like how Die Hard was based on the Roderick Thorpe novel Nothing Lasts Forever, Die Hard 2 was based on the novel 58 Minutes. Hence why they say we have 58 minutes. To die harder. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, by Walter Wagner. In that book has no relation to Roderick Thorpe's novel. Uh, did, you, okay. did you clock? So at the beginning of the film, they like um, credited Roderick Thorpe like for based on characters by Roderick Thorpe or whatever. I don't know. Something like that. I mean, because it's not John McClane in the, in the original in the book. book but yeah. it's like because it was based on his story. They spelled his name wrong. <laughs> they spelled it like Roderick Thorpe, but they put an E on the end, and there's no E on the end of Thorpe. That's kind of fucked up. That's um, fucked up, man. Get his fucking name right. He only created this shit. <laughs> 58 Minutes centers around a cop who is waiting for his daughter's plane to land when terrorists seize the airport. So, of course, the movie Great. just changes the cop to Bruce Willis. This is a running thing with Die Hard movies. Yeah. Yeah, really, it is. And then the daughter is instead McLean's wife, Holly, Bonnie Bedelia. But, like, it's, yeah, that's exactly the same kind of story. Like, it was an old man who was, like, in a building and his wife, not not his wife, it was his daughter, like, was in mm. Die Hard. And then doesn't he die at the yeah. end? Doesn't he, like, jump off the building and kill himself? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Disney movie, right? Where it's like, did you know, originally, like, The Little Mermaid fucking killed himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing Lasts Forever, written by the Brothers Grimm. <laughs> Uh, yeah so Stephen E. D'Souza said the villains in the film were based off of America's uh, Central American meddling particularly in the Iran Contra affair so D'Souza made it so that General Ramon Esperanza is from Valverde which happens to be the same fictional country from Commando which he also wrote (laughs) Banger. and for whatever reason Stephen E. D'Souza has said that he believes that Predator also takes place in Valverde, which he didn't write that. It was a, but it was a John McTiernan film. I don't but know. He liked Predator, and <laughs> because of this, some fans have theorized that Die Hard, Commando, Predator, and Alien, because of Alien versus Predator, are all set in the same cinematic universe. That it's somewhat interesting. Yeah. 
And Lethal Weapon <laughs> is a movie in that film, apparently. Yeah, she had the, the ad on the magazine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was, was it, like, was it Die Hard that there was like a lethal, lethal Weapon? Or was that Lethal Weapon there was Die Hard? I can't remember. They're both Joel Silver films, but like there was a... I don't remember any reference in Die Hard. Yeah, maybe it was Lethal Weapon. There was like a, a cinema, I don't know, like written on the billboard. billboard or whatever, the marquee. I bet. Yeah. I mean, and Die Hard 3 is literally a lethal weapon. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. Of course, Bruce Willis is back as John McClane. Just as good as never, Bruce Willis. Yeah, I mean, you're right, though. He's a bit superhero in this film. In the bit, but he's trying his best. He's funny and he's, uh, you know, nervous in the right places and cool and confident in the right places. He just, he's very good at the character. Yeah. It isn't when John McClane was still a character and not just fucking Bruce Willis. Yeah. And he sort of started buying into his own shit. It's weird, like, I'm looking at his filmography up till this point, up to, because this is, right after this is Hudson Hawk. And Hudson Hawk is, like, pure, like, <laughs> It's a vanity project, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's Bruce Willis at the height of his power. Yeah. But it's like, but like, how did he make that? All he had done, really, was two Die Hard movies and two Look Who's Talking movies. Yeah, yeah. That's all he really had. He hadn't had Pulp Fiction yet, <laughs> or The Last Boy Scout, or Fifth Element. He hadn't, like, really, like, we think this is big Bruce Willis. We have no idea yet. Yeah. He's about to supernova in the 90s. But this is still, like, kind of contained. But he's already making fucking way over the top action movie yeah but I th- I thought he would yeah he's, he's not bad no it's good because look there's no there's no scene in Die Hard 2 as good as the scene in Die Hard 1 where he's basically saying goodbye to his wife yeah to Al over the radio yeah yeah and he's like tell my wife you know sorry I'm piece of shit and sorry for everything and that I love her that moment is fucking beautiful and it's like the, some of the best acting Bruce Willis has ever done. And there's no moment in Die Hard 2 where he has to do anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the difference. Like, I think all the emotional beats he has in this film are, are like moments where it's not like really personal to him. With the exception mm. of the fact of him just wanting to, like, that's the superhero thing. It's just like him wanting to save everybody. Like, because nobody yeah. else seems to want to be out there. Like, he's the only person out there. Like, you know, trying to direct the planes in. You know, he's the only one. But, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's a, it's weird, man. Um, I mean, the grenade scene's still funny to me, though. Like, it's still so hilarious. Like, no. Right. God. I forgot about that scene as well. I was just like, that happened. I was like, I feel like something that happened in a later Die Yeah, movie. yeah. It feels very like Die Hard 4 or 5. It does feel like it jumps the shark, though. But, you know, yeah. I don't but know. But it's weird because the next one doesn't it goes right back yeah. down yeah it's so and then it goes right back up again <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> fucking up these Seesaw. movies are all over the goddamn place yeah well in honor of the grenade scene i have to call a snack time it's definitely not over though christmas is near then santa brought some money crump for snack time ho 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 it's snack time Um, because yeah. Phil, I found this in a bag. Um, 
uh, when that guy was interrupting a minute ago. I actually found a grenade. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, uh, grenade carb killer. <laughs> Protein That's a bar. good, dude. That's a good. Are they good? I've never they had one good. before. This is a chocolate chip cookie dough. And it's very yeah. low in sugar, and I'm trying not to eat any sugar, really. So it's like... Yeah, no, me and Duck do like them. They're good. So let's see. <laughs> a lot of carbs, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> we'll blow up your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> May blow you up. <laughs> <laughs> Feel like John McClane by swallowing a grenade. Not bad. Not bad, yeah. right? Better than a lot of protein bars. Yeah, protein bars tend to suck. Yeah, not bad. How many... Nah, man, I got nothing. You got anything? <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't want to say Twinkies, but like, no. <laughs> there are a lot of Twinkies. Yeah. There's so many Twinkies. Um, How many times, you know, do you say... Oh, this isn't happening again. <laughs> Why does this keep happening to us? Yeah. Oh, it's happening. I've done this before. Self-referential moments. <laughs> <laughs> to the movie Sameness. Yeah. Do you give it? Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? It's not bad. Four. Four? Yeah. Pleasantly That's surprised. Good. Pretty good. Well, I don't know about you, man, but fucking hey, airplane food. Yeah. I'm not playing. I'm not eating that dinner shit. No, I just asked him for a snack. But all they had, you know, was nuts. <laughs> just nuts. <laughs> just nuts, dude. You know, fucking planes, all they just give you nuts, man. Yeah. Like, what am I, a bird? What am I, a squirrel? So I got, and it's weird, it's the Sainsbury's brand. It's <laughs> <laughs> Sainsbury's brand cashew. From a flight weird. from Los Angeles to Dulles? Weird. <laughs> I know, man. Oh, I'm gonna have the cashews. I like cashews. Yeah. There was a British flight attendant walking around, I think, earlier. Yeah, she might have just had some spare. Yeah. And felt bad for me, you know? Fucking going on about British Rail again. I mean. We get it. <laughs> we Fuck get it. Out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. We get it. <laughs> no. Bloody going on strike. I bet they're gonna be on strike when we get home, bloody hell. I think, like, fucking no one in America would get that joke as much as, like, fucking <laughs> British people are just like, dude, that hit hard. No. <laughs> fucking rails uh, suck. Uh, <laughs> so close to Christmas yeah. as well, and it's fucked up. <laughs> I just want to get home. Uh-huh. All right, well, They're really good. How many self-referential moments to uh, what's going on right now? I give it a 4-2. Four, 4. Solid. Nice. Yeah, solid, man. Peanuts are good. Yeah. But yeah, Bruce Willis was paid $7.5 million for this, which, like, he broke... How much did he get paid for the first He one? broke records on that first one, where he was paid, like, really? $5 million, and people were like, what? And they, like, mm-hmm. turned heads and everything, because he was, like, an unknown actor, and he, like, I think had... He was, like, the highest-paid actor in Hollywood. Or Crazy. Because this is before... From one movie. Yeah, this is before, like, $20 million Club really kind of became a thing. Like, you know, guys like Jim Carrey were inventing that a few years later, but... Yeah, it's crazy. Yippie Kaye, though. Like, right, so we talked about Yippie Kaye, motherfucker. That that line. It's annoying they cut that out on the plane. You know? Yeah, he said Kid he version. said Yippie Kaye, Mister Falcon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like what? So weird. 
What? Yeah. Yeah, that was from the old TBS dub. I can't believe they had that shit on the plane. You would think, like, yeah. who cares? Like, you know, give you ratings. They didn't mind all the dead bodies. Yeah. The fucking <laughs> fucking, they don't mind planes exploding <laughs> no, like, on a plane. On a plane? Like, if I said yeah, there was a prob- bomb on this plane, like, you know, I mean, uh, luckily we're in the fucking yeah. luggage cargo. cargo, cargo hold. Like, no one's cargo, gonna fucking yeah. hear that. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, we got Bunny Bedelia back as Holly Gennaro. I mean, she doesn't do anything really except for like threaten William Atherton, who's Dick Thornburg. I mean, they're back. Okay. They're just. They're back. That's cool. I remembered more shit happening on the plane, but literally nothing yeah, happened on the plane apart from, apart from that they, they, they fucking tased yeah. Dickless. And you know what? I felt bad after the last time we spoke about him, I think, for Ghostbusters, because with that and Die Hard, he played really, un, you know, unlikable characters. And, you know, he. People shout at him on the street and they fucking hate him and like as if he's that person. And you know, oh, I was like, I feel sorry for that dude. He's an actor, he doesn't deserve that. But then don't come back and play <laughs> the literally the worst person in the world again yeah. and do it so well. I fucking hate this character yeah. so much. I wish he wasn't in it. I just hate I want to punch his face so yeah. badly. Think the taste isn't enough. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so... And they really amp it up this time, where it's so self-serving. He's, like, literally looking in the mirror as he's doing... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, my God, yeah. die, dude. That's what we would have looked like if we did the episode in the fucking toilet. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that guy was... That other guy was in there, you know. He looked just like him, yeah. He did. It was weird. It's uncanny. It's crazy. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I mean, I, I 100% agree. He's He's such a dickhead. <laughs> it's weird because they do a almost a slight swerve with you. There's so many swerves in this film. That's Swer- the thing about this film. There's so much going on. There's way too much too going much. on. It's too fucking all over the place. The first one's so nice and simple. This is just chaos nonstop. Huh? But yeah, like he like you know has this moment where him and Holly sort of were talking to each other and almost feels like oh maybe he's gonna finally like do something nice. Like he's figuring out what's going on nope. or whatever. Nope. It's just uh, all like a fucking you know piece of shit like you know same thing again yeah just being fucking all about him and just trying to like win a fucking i don't know like a emmy, an emmy a fucking yeah. pulitzer or whatever i don't know what he's trying to do it's like he's fucking dickhead trying to get uh, laid yeah and then we got reginald bell johnson fourth billing on this film playing really? he's in Powell, one scene and he's in one scene and he's just eating twinkies all the time <laughs> it's like, dream Jesus. job Jesus Christ. I think this was the one that really, like, because I was saying the last one, the last time on Die Hard, we were talking about how he, like, you know, and we did the whole Reginald Vell Johnson theory. Good God. Ladies and gentlemen, go listen to that. Breadcrumbs. That's go the, back. the Breadcrumbs yeah. episode. A legendary episode. He, he got, like, into this whole thing where he was, like, you know, getting people throwing Twinkies at him and his friends <laughs> fucking with him all the time. I'm like, oh, no, you like those. But this was the one that did it because it was, like, this was <laughs> He's just got like a handful of Twinkies and he's just like, he he's needs to like do something, but he's just eating. Like he just like takes an extra bite. He's like, uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> just put, just have a Twinkie on the table. Yeah. And there you go. There's your reference. But like, he, did he get demoted? Like he's just working the deck now. You get promoted. Is what he the fuck? Yeah. Is he like a captain? Is he the captain? Oh, maybe because I thought he had like, he doesn't act like a fucking captain. He's still wearing like an officer's uniform and shit. Yeah. It's like, I thought, you know, we got over something at the end of the last movie where he finally learned, you know, the power of shooting people again. (laughs) (laughs) He should be out there busting the head, bro. Shooting little boys. Yeah, shooting little boys. Multiple at a time. 
Again, that's a plot line in fucking Lethal Weapon, dude. Yeah. And Lethal Weapon 3, Danny Glover, like, shoots the kid. Yeah. Weird, man. Too old for this that shit. Old, yeah. <laughs> he started too old for this yeah. shit. <laughs> Dennis France plays the uh, dickhead Captain Carmine Lorenzo. <laughs> oh, my God. He's always a cop, too. Like, th- that's the thing. Like, they replace one guy who's always a cop with another guy who's always a cop, but he's not the one they actually replace him with because they replace <laughs> him with Art Evans, who plays Leslie Bar- Barnes, which is, like, the airport chief engineer. Yeah. He, like, he's the new Al Pal. Yeah. He's the really. one that buddy. Could he actually with. believe them? Yeah, he believes them, and he's, like, you know, talking to them and helping them out, and they, like, are communicating. There seems like there's a com- camaraderie there. It's just really weird. Like, the it's whole It's weird thing. because they split that relationship between, like, three people. He even yeah. went over the cop at the end, but, like, yeah, the, yeah. the chief, the, the John Amos for a bit, and then there's the fucking janitor guy who looks like yeah. Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, he does. I was going to say that. Like, yeah. who is this dude? Yeah. This Tom Bauer is dude. Marvin. They would never let this dude near a fucking airport. Yeah. <laughs> He's insane. He's insane. Like, and who is he? He just that's a fucking say random, unfunny shit. Yeah. You know what yeah. made me pop though was in like when he had his like uh his all of his maps and stuff, like and he was like, Nah, don't touch that, you'll mess up my system. And I just start <laughs> thinking about the cinema's like poster filing system. Oh, yeah. When someone just fucks up and just puts like some fucking random ass film in the wrong slot, and you're just like, dude, you fucking Son of the bitch. Now I have to redo the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, Fred Thompson playing Ed Trudeau as the air traffic flight director. So he also sort of takes up one of those roles of someone who actually like seems like he respects and likes John McClane, but it's like kind of weird. But yeah, he, apparently he he thought there was too many f words in the film, so he like approached Stephen E. D'Souza to say there was like you know it's being used too much, and D'Souza thought like. He had a moral objection to it, but then he realized Thompson was right after like watching the dailies. He thought like, oh, it's really hard to take this film seriously. There's just people saying, fuck, 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 fuck. Hmm. It's like, dude, listen to this podcast. That's <laughs> like a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have that woman, Sheila McCarthy, playing Samantha Sam Coleman, who was like. Oh, another fucking reporter. Yeah. So she was like the opposite of Dick, though. She like seemed like she had a conscience, but there was like all this. Yeah. There's too much of like women throwing themselves at John McClane in this film, like he's some hot shit. It's That's so very Bruce Willis. Yeah, it's so Married. Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah, it's like oh. Oh, we're supposed to respect the fact that, like, you're, you're like, oh, that's like, not kind of right every chick. For. Yeah, it's like, fuck off, dude. You fucking self-righteous piece of shit. That's again the Hudson <laughs> Hawk thing, where it's like, yeah. let, let it be known that fucking Bruce Willis is straight. Yeah, he's straight. And fucking Jersey. He doesn't have sex. He doesn't fuck. No, <laughs> he I has don't fuck. His, all. He does is have. His fucking cappuccino. Let's get into the bad guys. There's Franco Nero, like you said, Django playing Ramon Esperanza. The Django. Eh, he doesn't do much. I mean, he kills those dudes on that plane. That was kind of an interesting scene, but then nothing actually happened. He just landed. Yeah, I mean, he's good. He's in a good hand because he's cool and he's like yeah. intimidating. But yeah, doesn't do much. Yeah, that's like four main bad guys, dude. Yeah, there's too many. I know you did have the group in the first one, but like it. Firmly on Gruber. Yeah, it's Gruber. He's he's the baddie. Yeah, and he's got he's got like a like a hierarchy. This is like I don't know who's actually in charge here. It's like William Sandler. Is it Franco Nero? John Amos? Like, yeah. <laughs> there's so many. Is people. it the Twinkie? 
<laughs> is it the Twinkie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, it's it's kind of strange. Like, um, film, like, literally opens with William Sadler, like, you know, completely naked. And it's just bizarre. And it's it's like, why is this happening? And apparently this was Rennie Harlan's idea. He thought it would just be like, I think he was supposed to have, he was supposed to be like half naked or something and doing his Tai Chi and stuff. And Rennie Harlan was just like, be more striking if you just did it fully nude. <laughs> and like sure. William Sadler was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess I could do that. He agreed to do it on the condition that the scene was shot at the end of production and then that would give him time to just like work with the physical trainer to get in shape. Yeah. Physical condition. Yeah. I mean, he looked amazing. I was surprised. Sure, that was death. But the I was whole like, thing damn. was like, it was like a dance with almost seeing his junk. Yeah. It literally cuts on almost thing. It's just like, it doesn't really add much. It just makes it a bit weird. Yeah. Imagine if Die Hard 1 opened like that with Alan Rickman <laughs> doing nude. Tai Chi. Nude. Straight nude? up. Yeah. yeah. And he's like picking out a suit. You know, it'd be like, why am I watching this? <laughs> There's just so many people in this. And it's like, I think it's also coming from after the fact as well because there's so many of the people like who are the henchmen that are like people you know like i and i don't know if it would have mattered in the early 90s like if you saw like all right so it's don don harvey i've seen him in a bunch of stuff and also i remember his face from hudson hawk he played snickers why are there so many goddamn hudson hawk <laughs> connections in the last two weeks i don't know <laughs> fuck i was ready to be done with that uh but yeah then you get vondi curtis hall who is in tons of films. Then then you get to the big boys. Robert Patrick is yeah. a throwaway L- fucking baddie who gets killed like immediately. Like a sitting duck. Gets killed immediately. And it's like two like two years later, he's the biggest baddie in Terminator 2. T-1000, bro. It's yeah. Amazing. It's insane. You get Mark Boone Jr., who I fucking love. Bit of underrated, but he's one of the fucking baddies. And then John Lugazamo. He's just there. He doesn't say anything. He had one line, and I'm pretty sure it's not him. Yeah, it's overdubbed. It's definitely yeah. overdubbed, yeah. Uh, apparently, he was supposed to have a bigger role, but the producers thought he was, like, too short when he arrived on set, and they Aww. just cut his role down significantly. Fuck them. But the good thing is Joel Silver eventually made it up to him because he cast him in a pretty big role in executive decision <laughs> back on the plane which is basically die hard on a plane god yeah. damn and executive decision without that film we wouldn't be where we are today in this fucking cargo hold <laughs> anyway the music and eh, michael cameron again yeah same sort of thing it sounds like the same goddamn soundtrack <laughs> move on <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's cool whatever it's not as cool like because you don't have like christmas and hollis so it's like all right no and that's yeah. what i mean again it ends with like let it snow but yeah. like that's it fucking pepper right. that shit throughout man yeah we need a little bit more and where would fucking Argyle just like... Dip, dip, yeah, dip, there's bam. no cool character like that. Is that yeah. who, like, this fucking Marvin guy was meant to be? Because, like, he's, wow. it, ain't, it ain't happening. It ain't, that it ain't, ain't working for me, man. That ain't yeah. working for me. That ain't gonna work. That's just between me and my guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try and say that every episode. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. Die Hard 2 began shooting in 1989 in Denver as a stand-in for Washington. But Denver was unseasonably snowless during the shooting and all the snowstorm scenes and stuff. There was supposed to be a fair amount of snow, but yeah, it had to be brought in 
by local ski resorts. I mean, I even read somewhere like they were getting some from Canada or something. I don't know, man. It seemed kind of crazy. Like there was just no snow. So they were just bringing it in as well as they made a bunch of artificial snow. They filmed a lot of the airport scenes at the old Stapleton Airport in Denver. But then they used Kinchelo Air Air Force Base in Kinchelo, Michigan, for some of the shots on the snowy runways. And then they used Alpena Airport in Alpena, Michigan, for the plane crash scenes. <laughs> so they're all everywhere but Washington Dulles. And most of the interior shots of the airport were actually filmed in Los Angeles International. Why are we shooting this whole film with Washington Dulles? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, why they just didn't do this in L.A.? Yeah, like, in a, re- a real airport, LAX. Yeah. That's the thing. They shot most of the interiors in LAX. Just fucking do it there. Jesus Christ. But even though Dulles like, never actually features in the film, on the poster, that is an actual picture of Washington Dulles. It has a very like weird architecture where it's like this building that's all bent up weird. Mm. So yeah, that's, like, that is on the poster. Um, this film has the highest death toll in any Die Hard movie. So the plane, yeah, just for the plane the blowing plane up, man. Low, that's like 230 people. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was 40 more people killed over the film, mostly by John McClane. <laughs> Wait, and what, like on the film or like in the film? In the film. Okay. Not like crew and shit. <laughs> but yeah, then there was like, if you compare it to other Die Hard films, like Die Hard death counts are around like 30, 20 37, 40. I mean, it's nowhere near like as many as like. He killed way too many people. Yeah. Like at the person. It's insane. Don't you have any like feelings? Like. He's <laughs> dead inside. Sleep at night. That's, that's why he never made it work with his wife. Yeah, that's why this film doesn't work because he's fucking dead after that first <laughs> like a vessel. Maybe he died in that first one. Yeah, maybe. Actually, and what we're yeah. seeing is like, like a demon taking over him form and like it's just unkillable and it's just going around the country just killing anything and anyone that gets in his way i don't know why i thought of that yeah weird demons taking over bodies huh oh it's an interesting concept phil uh trailers for the film began screening in christmas of 1989 with the planned release in june of 1990 so die hard isn't a christmas film apparently but due to the film (laughs) <laughs> Due to the film being behind uh, schedule and over budget, it got pushed back to July 4th, 1990. Joel Silver was apparently in a lot of hot water. And, like, I don't know, he may have been slightly removed from some of his producing duties due to the massive overspending. Like, this film, I, I, I was trying to find a, a lot about their overspending, but I couldn't really find, like, proper, like, fucking articles and stuff. Like, I didn't search hard enough, but like, you know, because we were fucking doing this in like two minutes, you know, like I was just prepping. Yeah, I'm going to say, man, you found a lot considering, you know, we just just on a whim decided to do this. Yeah, but like, yeah, it was like not a lot going on. It was kind of weird. Like I couldn't find all these things, but I had heard like, yeah, Joel Silver was like overspending and it kind of floated over to like, you know, Hudson Hawk. It was just insane, like the amount of spending. So he was just on a fucking streak at this point. And the budget apparently had soared as high as seventy million dollars for this film, Jeez, which was a Christ. lot back then. That's almost of. that's almost as much as Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Uh, <laughs> and apparently, Joel Silver and Bruce Willis were actually said to have a, like a falling out too while they were like making this film. But they did oh. go on to make 
Hudson Hawk the year later. So I don't know. A bit strange. Yeah. But if you add to the budget issues, the producers were actually like sued by the power tool manufacturer Black and Decker because they like paid them to put their new cordless drill into the film. But, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. But like John McClane was supposed to use it when he was like getting into the air vent, but like they cut it out of the film. And because of this, Black and Decker sued the producers for $150,000. Oh, my God. They broke contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is apparently the first time a lawsuit had ever been taken out in relation to a product placement. And, like, it got settled out of court eventually. So I don't know how much they actually got out of them. But who cares? Because Die Hard 2 made a whopping, dude, listen, two hundred. Oh my god. Forty point two million dollars during his time in cinemas. No wonder they just keep making it. Nearly double die hard. It doesn't make sense. It's literally like double the fuck if we just double the budget, we double the action, we double the bad guy, and we'll get double the money. Yeah. They actually work this time. Yeah, because yeah, we were talking about it in the Hudson Hawk episode, like, yeah, if you guys want to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast, Hudson Hawk is on there. As a bonus episode. It was a lot of fun. A really stupid film. And Phil and I kind of went insane. But like there was a. Yeah there was a crazy ass like fucking thing. Like that Joel Silver used to do. When he was making films. Just like like you have to have an action scene. Every 20 minutes. Like it was just something crazy. And it's just like dude. He just doubles down on this stuff. And he fucking did it in this film. And it's hard. How can you say no? Don't do that. When your film makes 240 million. Like. And it's a sh- kind of a shit movie. It's just like a, a bad knockoff, like a bad sequel. You know, like it's fun, but it's kind of a bad sequel. It just It's like Home Alone 2. It's fun, but it does the same shit as the first film. It doesn't matter. Just worse. But yeah, it's fine. Audiences love the film and critics sort of liked it too. Roger Ebert gave it the original film a mixed review, but he described the sequel as terrific entertainment. He liked it more. (laughs) Yeah, despite noting substantial credibility problems with the plot. uh, (laughs) Jay Boyer of the Orlando Sentinel dubbed the film as being as disappointing of a sequel as Another 48 Hours or Robocop 2. And said that like whatever small pleasure that is uh, found in this loud dud is due mostly to the residual good feelings from the first film. As played by Bruce Willis, McLean is still an engaging character, even if he's much less amusingly drawn this time willis is there trying but the qualities that it helped make his character sympathetic in the first film are missing mclean no longer worries openly about his personal safety as he did in the original film his quasi cowboy personality from Die Hard is all but forgotten he became more of rambo and less of roy rogers literally what we said <laughs> yeah and though the filmmakers try to establish mclean as resistant to a advanced technology this promising idea isn't developed that's so funny it's exactly it's the one theme in the movie and it doesn't fucking pay off yeah well die hard 2 it's uh it's you know it's generally liked by most action fans but bruce willis himself doesn't look back on the film so fondly in 2007 he told ain't it cool news that the second was my least favorite and the least fun far too self-referentially precious the story was all over the place and suffered from severe unclaustrophobicness. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair point. Not very eloquently put, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it, everybody. That's uh, Die Hard 2 on a plane. And Phil and I are hopefully going to get out of here. We are, uh, who knows? It's white. Who knows what's yeah. going on? 
Well, that's yeah. it. Uh, on behalf of the Prince Charles Cinema and the Pod Charles Cinecast and the whole Breadcrumbs family, I just want to wish you guys all a very Merry Christmas. And if you don't celebrate that, well, I hope you have a good time off this time of year and just enjoying whatever the fuck you like to do and brings you together with your loved ones and your friends and your family or just yourself. Uh, just a bit of housekeeping here. Phil and I are going to be taking a little bit of a break. Um, we'll be back probably mid-January. We just kind of want to, like, you know, take some time to ourselves once we get off this goddamn plane. So uh, hopefully, um, maybe we'll see you mid-January with the promised conclusion of Anderson versus Anderson. Oh. So until then, guys, we love you and Merry Christmas. So as always, you can follow us at the PCC Podcast on Twitter and Instagram or podcastprincecharlescinema.com. Send an email. If you like the podcast, patreon.com forward slash the PCC Podcast. You can find me at Tall for All, T-A-L-L, the number four A-L-L on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Phil, where can people find you? Ooh, I'm at Faraway Shad on Twitter and in real life and at the regular film. Follow what's happening with that. If it's that, I mean, it will happen, but you know can follow along with the production and happy holidays from yeah. a plane from a plane merry christmas plane. guys um merry christmas. it's kind of nice we made it through fucking weird holiday episode and weird shit didn't happen what's up being stuck on a plane yeah for once yeah <laughs> god all right well we'll see you guys mid-january love you guys bye be good in dulles tower attention dulles control tower Mr. now what Fortunately, you're not obeying. I don't know, man. You were warned not to try to restore your systems. You've wasted lives and precious time on a futile and obvious target. Now you're going to pay the penalty. Dude, what are you talking about? We've just been recording a podcast. Yeah, maybe we're in the cargo hold. We're not supposed to be here, but what? We didn't do anything. Oh, John, the hero who saved the Nakatomi hostages. How do you know my name? I read about your people magazine. You seemed a bit out of your league on Nightline, I thought. Hey, listen, asshole. I don't know what you want from me, but you can basically get off this channel because I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I think Cardinal Richman said it best. Treason is merely a matter of dates. This country's got to learn that it can't keep cutting the legs off of men like General Esperanza. Men with the guts to stand up against communist aggression. Oh, are you like one of those, like, Trumper QAnon guys? No, I think we can find something in between. <laughs> well, what's that? Watch this. Windsor Flight 114, this is Dulles Approach. Do you copy? Dulles Approach, this is Windsor 114. Where the devil have you been? Dude, are we on Dulles this flight? We've been right what the hell? All along, old what the fuck? Our systems only came back online just this very second. Windsor 114, you are cleared for ILS Approach. Runway 2, Niner. Are you saying maybe that last interruption really had to do something with why this plane hasn't landed? Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, whatever. I just, you know, should we see what's going on? Top, you know, see what's going on. Yeah, it's been relatively quiet for a while now. Dallas, this is Northeast 140. Request clearance on repeat. Request emergency clearance. I know you're not going to answer me, but you damn well better listen. We're down to fumes and we have to land. And in five minutes, we're coming in one way or another. Whoa, whoa, dude, did you hear that? What? I still have my headphones on and I just heard some pilot interfering with my equipment, radioing the air traffic control that they're making an emergency landing. Eh, fuck, it would suck to be on that plane. Yeah.
attention. We have no choice but to attempt an emergency landing. Please fasten your seatbelts and assume crash positions as instructed by your cabin attendants. Hey John, why did everyone seem really scared and have their heads in their lap? Shit, we are on that Bye. plane. Fuck, quick, let's get to our seat. Dallas, this is Windsor one one four inside the outer market. Roger one fourteen. This is Dallas Tower. We have radar contact and show you on ILS. You're in the glide path. You're looking good. Six hundred feet. Looking good, Windsor. Now watch it. 30 knot crosswinds and the runway is icy. Adam boy, we've got ya. We've got ya. I know, Nabarius. These measly human forms we masqueraded ourselves in were far too weak. They couldn't stand a paltry plane crash and some hellfire. Well, I guess we'll have to just try again, Nabarius. Hey, Phil, now! Ready, aim, fire! Nice one, dude! We got him! How did you know that would work? Well, they were gone so long pretending to be us for the last 27 weeks, I just started messing with my TV, and I found another movie besides Batman Begins on that fucking TV in my room, and it was called The Gate with a young Stephen Dorff, and he accidentally opens a gate to hell in his backyard, and he kills this big demon with a firework at the end. It's crazy. That's weird, man. That's weird. Where did you get the firework? Prayed for it. And it appeared? Yep. So you like, pray now? Fuck no. Uh-oh. You guys are so going to get eaten. You guys didn't actually think John and Phil were going to get out of hell this time. <laughs> <laughs> As if. As if we end the episode like that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do the happy ending. Good call. We have no choice but to attempt an emergency landing. Please fasten your seatbelts and assume crash Nice! We finally wrote ourselves out of hell! Yeah, but we're back on the plane and everybody still seems really scared and have their heads in their lap. Well, maybe it'll be a different outcome this time. Happy ending, remember? 
Right! Do that. Let's tell him. They already know. We had a visual on Northeast's landing. We're following the fire trail in as a guide. If they can do it, so can we. Any landing you can walk away from is a good one, that's great. We did it! We made it! Not only that, but we survived, and we're out of hell finally! I don't really know how any of this will make sense to anyone who listens to the podcast, because there's a lot of plot holes. I don't even know how we even should know what's going on because we were in hell and the John and Phil in this episode weren't us at all. They were some demons. It's all just flagrant abuse of deus ex machina. But I'm so happy to be back on Earth. Yeah, I mean, that's why I write these stupid episodes and you write actual movies. Hey, look! Dude, it's that terrorist from Nakatomi! Let's rush him! Wait, no, dude, that's the cop again, you idiot! Look at the same shit happened to the same guy twice. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It doesn't show signs of stopping, and I brought some corn for popping. The lights are turned way down low.